The Damn Podcast is brought to you by the Influential Grooming Lounge. It's more than just a barbershop. It's where influencers elevate each other and the community meets. Welcome, everybody, into another episode of The Damn Podcast with your host Marcus Greaves and Angie Machado. Angie's dipping out on us today. She's not here, but that's okay because uh, I'll pick up her slack. Just wanted to say, first of all, thank you guys for listening as usual. Um, I had a couple things that I wanted to get to. We have a new uh, podcast. It's called The Damn Recruiting Podcast. I know, really uh, original name. That's all right. Um, yes, The Damn Recruiting Podcast is hosted with Adam Nicholson, who is a Beaver Blitz recruiting analyst. Just wanted to hit that on the head really quick. Uh, and I'm going to dive right into this. I saw something this morning on CBS Sports that college football uh, attendance has gone extremely far down, which is crazy to me because, you know, I'm a college football guy, love college football, love everything about it, the atmosphere, you know, obviously being able to play in it was great, the fan experience, everything like that. But, you know, these numbers are starting to go down in attendance, and I wanted to, in a way, kind of hit on why I think it might be going down, just from an Oregon State perspective. So, you know, like I said, I'm going to jump right into it. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I think the experience has gone, not has gone, but has certainly hit a point where maybe it's because I used to play, maybe it's whatever it is, but it hit a point where when I go to Reeser Stadium, right, I could tell everybody, say someone never went to Reeser Stadium before for an Oregon State football game. I could tell them exactly what's going to happen with, you know, maybe effects, music. I could tell you exactly what song's going to play when. I'm going to, I can, you know, tell you what the announcer is going to say. It's all exactly the same. And maybe that is what I've hit a point where it's, okay, we need to change this because an experience for Oregon State fans, it almost, it went from being something that was unique. Maybe it was because, I don't know, they, you know, they won games, right? That's a good example. But it's gone, it's gone away from, you know, since the team's been struggling, it seems like the whole Oregon State atmosphere for a football game has stayed the same, right? It's, it's okay, well, we're not winning, so, you know, why, why should we change what we do for pregame, you know, postgame, um, you know, the whole fan experience? Where is, where is the Oregon State, you know, uniqueness gone? Because – you know the AC. This is in. This is just from my opinion. Like I said, the whole ACDC before a game. You see the players are not very excited because I'm not going to lie. Right, these are 18 and 19 year old kids. They don't want to listen to ACDC. Right, they don't. And I know that maybe it's not for the players' experience. It's more of the guys and the people. You know, the men and women buying the tickets, sitting at the games. But regardless, where's all the effects? Right, like where is you know, where's everyone running out, being excited? Where's just a good college football football atmosphere? It just seemed that, you know, we could put it on the players and the coaches and the football program because if they don't win, you're right. And Angie said this before. Why, you know, why go out and spend your money on, I don't know, a ticket that has gotten expensive? That's another thing. The tickets have gone absolutely skyrocketed. I don't know why. Right, you shouldn't have to pay seventy-five dollars for a ticket at a football game where it's also you go, you have to say someone you're driving from Portland, you drive, you know, you sit in traffic all, you know, three it, it'll probably take three hours with, you know, decently bad traffic. Then you have to find the parking. 
Then from there, you have to do whatever you have to do before a pregame or for pregame, right? Some people drink. I do it now. <laughs> but um, just in general, it seems it, it doesn't make a lot of sense why buy an expensive ticket if there's so much more that goes along with, you know, the pregame experience and everything like that. So there's no point in going down there where you could just sit at your house, like Angie has said before, and watch it from your home. You don't have to deal with traffic, bad drivers. You can drink whatever you want for free, obviously, at your house. You can eat whatever you want. You don't have to pay for all this other extra stuff. But it it really shows that, you know, I just personally, I don't like the direction that Oregon State has gone when it comes to football fan experiences at these games. It just, there's nothing unique about it. There's not. It's And like I said, it's all so repetitive. I can, you know, I could tell you exactly, because I go to basically every game, it's all the same. It is, and... Every time, say they play, I don't know, they play a music that is, that's new, that the players like. When you see the players down there dancing, right, and like having a good time screaming and yelling with each other, like jumping up, chest bumping, like that, that changes just the outlook of the whole atmosphere because like these guys want to be here, right, and they want to be excited. They, you could tell that, you know, I get that there, there shouldn't be a bunch of outside whatever just in order for them to play a game, but... Listen, if you're paying that money, wouldn't you isn't that what you come to see is you know, good football being played. You want to see the players having fun on top of obviously you want to see your team win. And I'm like I said, I'm not putting this on the fans. I'm not putting it on, you know, just the players. It's just the fact that we need something to switch up at Oregon State. We do. We really need something to switch up because the the fan experience has gone down a lot. I have a lot of people who tweet at me and say the fan experience is, you know, taken you know uh, uh it's really just gone downhill it has and you know i feel bad because it's something that i feel like everyone should experience is a packed house college football game it's you know it's unbelievable and a good example is either one the civil war that one is obviously as we know usually pretty good besides this last season that wasn't it wasn't great but you know a packed college football rivalry game I can remember off the top of my head going to Boise or when Boise State came to Oregon State and we played against them. You know, obviously we ended up losing. We were down big, made a comeback, brought it within, I think it was maybe 10, and then we ended up losing by 10 or something like that. Maybe it was more. Um, I can't remember. I'm getting old, but like that, those kind of experiences, it was so packed. I remember I ran out of the tunnel and I was just screaming. I don't even know what I was screaming about, if I was being honest. I was just yelling, I was chest bumping. I remember I ran, you know, everyone, a lot of guys run down, say a prayer. I was one of those guys that said a prayer at the end of the, um, you know, I ran across the field in the end zone. And then from there, I went over, gave some fans high fives. I went over the student section. I stood on, you know, a bench was screaming. They were screaming back. Like, that kind of stuff is fun. And you could see the excitement, right? It was so loud. It was a sunny day, all the above. And that is something that I think is so important that, we're just missing, right? And we're just missing that right now, Oregon State. And like I've said, it you know, it very well could be the fact that they don't win, right? If they don't if if they win, it's it's fun to watch your team win. I get it, trust me. I pull my hair out when I'm sitting in in the in the press box for the media all the time. I I do. I really just sometimes it really gets to me and then sometimes you know, obviously I have, I have to take it back a notch cuz Angie's like you're going to, you know, you're going to get us fired. <laughs> but uh, it's just I wanted to hit on that topic because I think it's really important. I, you know, I, I know a lot of people have 
have really said something about it. And I always think of this one guy, uh, Travis Rice. I got to give you a shout out, man, because you're. I think you're always tweeting um, some things that are, you know, it. it they're a real problem. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I maybe don't agree with everything you say, but it's the fact that you're one of the people who are gonna speak out, and you know, give us your honest opinion like that. That is the things that we need. We need that. Okay, well, what's the fans' feedback? Because I feel like we've hit a point where maybe Oregon State doesn't care really that much about the fan experience. And it's like, okay, well, if you don't care about the fan experience, then why are you raising the ticket prices? Because you're not going to sell a lot of tickets, one, if it's a, if it's expensive, two, if the, obviously if the team's not winning, and then three, if just in general, if you're going to do the same thing because you guys are too lazy to take that next step and maybe make it so the fans have a great, uh, you know, have a good time. Then, then what? Like, why? Why are people going to spend their money? And that's, it's honest. It's honest thing. And it's until somebody can figure that out. And you know, someone could tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know who takes care of that. I don't know if it's Scott Barnes. I don't know if it's. <laughs> I don't even know who it is. I don't even know who would take care of that. But whoever takes care of that, we need to find a way to reach out to him because I'm telling you. When we when I played and we would go to different places and I got to see kind of how they did college football, a good example, Minnesota. The way Minnesota did their pregame was absolutely crazy. It, w- it was, you know, it was a good time. It was fun. I was looking, I was like, wow, like, this is a place that's just, you know, look at these guys. They're here. It's, you know, it's a 7 o'clock game. These kids are excited. The, the place was packed like 30 minutes before the game started. Granted, Minnesota's a lot better than Oregon State was at the time, so we'll give you that. But it's just seeing those kind of things. You're like, man, like, why why is Reeser not like that? Because I know there's diehard Oregon State fans. There's diehard every fans. But what does Oregon State need to do to take that next step and make it so, you know, if you guys want to come to a game or, you know, you want to bring a friend, family member, whoever to a game, you want to bring your kids to the game, it's fun for them. Because, yeah, it, it don't get me wrong, it's cool, like, watching touchdowns being scored and everything like that. But it doesn't matter if, you know, if your team's won losing, you know, say 30-7, to seven, that's not going to matter. You're already going to have a, <laughs> a horrible time. But also, if your tickets are expensive, it's, I don't, like I already named off, all those things can fall into that. And another good example is we can't use the fact that it's just the Pac-12 because I went to a University of Washington game because one of my, one of my good friends used to play there. And I went there when we, I think it was when we had a bye week maybe or something like that. And I got to watch him play. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this experience is, it's crazy. And it is, you know, it's because they win. People want to go watch your team win. But I've went to four different UW games and the four different ones I went to, they weren't the same. Nothing was the same about them, right? Absolutely nothing. Not pregame music, not pregame whatever festivities right like when people you know maybe you have the cheerleaders running through all the um all the tailgates or you have the mascot whatever it is nothing was different or nothing was the same excuse me and nothing having nothing be the same made it so much more unique because i was like oh you know i was i was excited to see what they were going to do i was excited to see what was next okay if they you know say they're shooting t-shirts from a can in the tailgates which probably wouldn't be safe, but say they were doing that, right? Then the next game, I don't know, maybe they're like, hey, we're giving out 
this or we're doing this instead or the mascot's going to run and take all these pictures or he's going to run through all the tailgates and do something, right? Or something like that. Those are the kind of things that like attract people. Okay, that's fun. Like that's cool. We should do that. We should be a part of that. Right? You want to get the fans involved, but how can your fans be involved if if every single pregame you're like, okay, their first, you know, 50 minutes before kickoff, they're going to play this song. And then from there like maybe like the Beaver Walk is cool. I think the Beaver Walk is really cool. But it's like what can we add on top of the Beaver Walk and even before the beaver walk like where's where is all of the you know festivities for us fans and you know everybody who pays the money to go there we need to sit we need to take the next step we really do and that's and i want to get your guys input i know maybe that was a rant but i want to know what you guys have to say why why do you think the experience has gone down is it because you know maybe we just nobody cares is that it we just need to see we just need to see something, right? We need to see, I, you know, and I want to see something different. Please, you know, tweet us at, you know, the Dan Podcast. Tweet me, tweet Angie um, for those blitzers. Post it on the board. Like, what what do you think needs to change in order to make the fan experience better? Because, like I've said, if we continue to do this, I only think we're going to see more and more decline, especially at Oregon State games. Because if you're not winning games, then what's going to attract the people? Right. There's only you can only be a diehard fan for so long. Trust me. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. I I I 100 percent understand. The next thing I want to I want to hit on is, oh, and I should probably say this, you know, see, this is my problem. I got too much stuff on my mind all the time is congrats to the Oregon State women's basketball team. They pulled out a tough win against Boise State. That Boise State team is not bad. I'm an, I'm not going to try to sound like an Oregon State homer, but uh those those calls were there were some questionable calls you know and this is this is the damn podcast so you know forget it i can't be i can't be a homer yeah i don't understand some of those calls they were bad those are those are the watching that game is is something that makes me it brings out the competitive side of me again cuz i'm sitting here screaming at my tv and you know, granted, nobody was at my house, but I guarantee you people were like, should we call the cops? Like, what is happening upstairs? But um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to them. I wasn't able to catch the full game. Um, I watched, I think it was the first half or it was the second. No, I watched the first half and I watched some of the um, second half highlights. Unfortunately, I had to work, so I couldn't finish the game. But I'm excited to see where these girls are going to go and how far they're going to get in the tournament. I have no doubt in my mind that they can make it far. This is my last topic I wanted to talk about. Real quick, just hit on it. Um, the Oregon State football team, right? So they have spring break, and Angie will obviously, at least I hope, I hope she'll listen. <laughs> but if she if she listens, she can correct me, or you guys can correct me. I think Oregon State has, so they have this week off for spring break, then they're back for two more weeks, I would say, for spring ball. And so just wanted to hit on spring ball real quick, at least when these players get back. So, in the past, what we've seen this from this team is maybe they'll they'll have some good practicing. I know it's spring break. I'm not trying to sound you know like a downer. I understand you're a college kid. You want to go have fun, but you know what? Forget it. If you want to be a good if you want to be a good team, you I don't think you have the right to go out and party hard and and do everything right now because you you know they have a lot to prove. They have a lot to prove to themselves. The coaches, the coaches have a lot to prove to themselves and the players. 
And, you know, they have a lot to prove to everybody around the country who has them on their schedule. So if you're, you know, if they're out partying and not trying to take that next step and get better, uh, then, you know, expect to see a decline when they get back from spring ball. It's just realistic. It's how it is. And I'm not trying to be the downer. I know I usually find the positives out of every situation, but it's realistic. If these players aren't going to take it upon themselves to get in the work that they need and you would rather go out and party, then, okay, do that. It's, you know, you're not hurting, you know, I guess you're not hurting people who are still getting paid to have you win or lose, right? You're really not. I mean, I I get it with the coaches and security and everything like that, but these players just have to understand that they're not in a position, say, I don't know, University of Washington is. They're not, right? You're not in a position to think that, okay, it's spring break, right? We have all the hype again, like, we're excited for the season, whatever it is, whatever storylines or headlines that come out, whatever it is, whatever story is out there, you have to understand that this is your chance. Like, <laughs> this really is your chance to take that next step. If you don't do that, if you don't go and put it upon yourself to take that next step, you're not going to take the next step. You won't. Because I'm tired of always getting on, you know, social media, seeing all this hype. Okay, you know, Oregon State. They look good in the practice, right? They could look good all week, and they probably did. You know, and Angie would know better than me. She got to go more to more practices, but they probably looked pretty decent because you're just fresh, you're coming out, you're looking explosive, you're excited. But if you don't take it upon yourself these next, you know, this next week that they have, and they just, I don't know, fool around and would rather go party, drink, you know, not go to bed early, not watch film on their own time. That's that's why we're not good is because we haven't had a solid group of kids who will do that. And we need that solid group of kids. And it starts obviously with the leaders in your room. The young guys, hey, this is what I'm saying. If the young guys will do it, play the young guys. Because we've seen what the old guys have done. We have. We've seen, you know, the eye in the sky doesn't lie. So my old running back coach, Coach Lockett, would always tell me, the eyes in the sky don't lie. So we're going to see who you know, who's been putting in the work. And I don't think Coach Smith is a, is a coach that will, you know, f- do the whole seniority thing like, oh, okay, you're older and you've been here, you've proved yourself. You know, you could take the you could take spring break and just chill out and go party. No, that's not how it is. And, you know, some players might listen to this and some don't. And if they think I'm, you know, if they think I'm crazy or think I'm stupid, then okay, like that's okay. But, you know, it doesn't affect me, right? It doesn't. If you guys win or lose, it doesn't affect me. I'll still end up getting a paycheck. You know, maybe I'll have more fans that don't like me. Maybe I'll have fans that do like me. But I'm just keeping it realistic because every single year we've we've done this. Since Oregon State has been down, we've done this. And I think I've bought into it myself too much is, okay, we see what they've done in spring. Right? That first week they look so good, so good. Everything's sharp. Players coming out. They're excited, whatever it is. And then they come back. They look, you know, they still look good, but they don't look as sharp. I don't care. Like, I don't want to see that. I want to see, like, some progress. And I know you guys do, too. All you listeners want to see the progress. And that's what we, you know, I'm demanding these players to take that next step. Because if not, I'm not going to hold back when I say that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to dig into you guys. If you guys are going to give us the same results or give me the same results, I'm not going to sit here and back you guys, you know, podcast in and podcast out i'm not saying i do i i feel like i keep it pretty real but this is me keeping it real saying if you don't want to put in this work in this time then don't expect you know 
fans to fill the seats. Don't expect the coaches to buy into what you guys have done. And don't expect every, you know, Beaver Nation to back you guys as much as they have because at what point do we hold, you know, everybody accountable? And I'm holding, you know, like I said, for the fan experience, I'm holding them them accountable. I'm holding, you know, the coaches accountable. And I always defend the players. I always do. But the, at what point do you guys hold yourself accountable? Because you could talk about it. You could post on, you know, on Twitter, on everything. Okay, this is my realist year. It's not going to be your realist year if you go 2-10. and 10. Nobody's going to care about your highlights. No one will. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell these guys that. And I think that I, I think they understand that. And I think they know that. I haven't seen it as much, right? I don't see the whole, you know, I'm, I'm the next big thing. Because they understand the situation. I'm talking about the the fact that they have a chance to, right here is where you take your chance. Right? You take that next step, get in the weight room, extra film, players come back even better. You don't have to come back, right? Don't come back if you're going to come back the same. Come back better. Because if you're going to come back the same, then we're going to see the same results. And that's what they don't, you know, maybe they understand, maybe they don't. But that's what I, I want to see. That's it. Now we're going to flip it over. We got Spencer Williams is our special guest, our uh, listener guest for this week's podcast, so we're going to flip it over. All right, everybody, our special guest for this week's podcast is Spencer Williams. Spencer, always will have to say thank you so much for listening to the damn podcast, and we appreciate you hopping on, my man. So good to be here. I've actually wanted to do this for a while, so glad to... Glad you and Angie uh, gave me the opportunity. Thank Ab- you. Absolutely. And kind of give us a little background. Give the listeners some background about kind of who you are before we start going in. Absolutely. So it's pretty boring. I'll warn all you guys <laughs> now, but grew up in Corvallis, went to Oregon State, somehow graduated with a 2.2 GPA. There we go. Uh, super proud of that. Yep. Um, so play basketball at Crescent Valley High School, um, and now I'm living in Salt Lake City. I do a... I do real estate full-time, but do an NBA podcast uh, called NBA Real Talk. If you guys want to tune into that, love the NBA. But first and foremost, I'm a Beaver believer and uh, been part of Beaver Nation for a long time. Absolutely. And, man, again, thank you so much for hopping on. And I, I think the topic that I, you know, I was just talking about it was um, – Oregon State and their fan experience at games because you know college football attendance has gone down a lot and it's yeah. it's something that I think is so frustrating because it's almost like all we have to do or all Oregon State has to do is just put in some effort, right? Like <laughs> just put in some effort and Please. you know make it fun for everybody because you know I already went on the rant but just really short to kind of sum it up I said you know if these guys, if if these fans are paying, you know, sixty to fifty dollars, I don't even know how much it is for a ticket. But if you pay money for a ticket, and say you live in Portland, they're not going to want to pay sixty dollars for a ticket, drive through traffic, or drive two hours all the way to Corvallis, try to find the parking, right? Go through all the hassle of a you know of a game day if it's not even going to be worth it, right? And I said that usually it's winning games that will that will you know attract the fans because it's true. But even then, like, we have to put in some effort and try to figure out what would be fun. So, you know, kind of give us your take. What do you think, like, Oregon State should do game day-wise to make it a better experience for the fans? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great topic. So, look, we have to just understand that 
Today, we have 85-inch TVs in our house. Mm-hmm. We have 75-inch TVs in our house. And so it, it's hard to sit there and say, okay, well, I live in Portland, and I'm going to fight traffic, and I'm going to go down in the rain, and I'm going to literally spend my entire Saturday sitting in the rain or driving in traffic, and or I could watch the game a couple hours after it started in about two hours' time mm-hmm. from my gorgeous television, you know, eating food I already have. So, really, we have, and that, that's, that's how Oregon State needs to look at it. So, it's what can we do to bring fans and, and what can we do to get them excited to come, to talk to their friends, invite their friends. What, you're not renewing? I'm, yeah, I'm renewing for sure. I'm getting season tickets. And just kind of, it, really what it boils down to is effort. And you said that word. And if Oregon State puts the effort there, I mean, look, I, I went to a, I don't know if you remember the, the Vikings-Packers game in, at Lambeau this past season at all, but it ended in a, I think it was a 28-28 tie or 31-31. Yeah. It was a hell of a game, and I'm a Vikings guy. Um, you know, being from Oregon, we're, we're free agents, right? We can choose who we want to <laughs> root for in the NFL. Um, and so, look, going to that game, I'm walking around. There's The, the tailgating's insane. Um, I mean, just the, the atmosphere. And, look, are we, are we going to be Lambeau? No. Our, you know, most NFL teams aren't, aren't Lambeau. But my point is, it's an experience. It's a tradition. I mean, I went through about... 10 or 12 years from when I was, you know, in, in high school or just before, and then in, in college at Oregon state. And then after where I didn't miss a single home game. I mean, I was a diehard. I still am. I just, I just don't live there. But, um, I mean, it's different when you're a kid versus, you know, when you're a kid, you got nothing to do. You know, that's what your friends are doing. I mean, that's a, that's a great thing to do. And so students, I hope are filling that stadium out. But when you look at everybody else, it's like, gosh, it, it, obviously the product has been garbage. I mean, if we're speaking frankly, yeah, um, it's been bad. And so it's hard to, it's hard to get excited about those games, but it starts with the president. It starts with, uh, of Oregon state, but it also goes, goes to, to Larry Scott. And I just think there's a, at Oregon state in particular, and maybe this will be the last thing I say on this topic, but, at Oregon State in particular, we know they're not spending the amount of money they should. Mm-hmm. We know that. We're, you know, I remember what the stat was that I think you and Angie had talked about a while back, but we were well below the rest of the Pac-12 in money spent on football. And, and again, that's where all the money comes from. So it, it starts with effort. I mean, I don't have specific ideas off the top of my head to, to, to tackle something like that, but if 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 Oregon State, I mean, if the president and, and the board and all the people that are working with him, the alumni, if they're not sitting down talking about this stuff, that sucks. Yeah. That sucks for us fans. It does. And you're right. We could close it out with this is, you know, you make some good points, but you're, you know, we've already said it's just effort, right? If you can, if someone can find a way to, I don't know, like even give the fans something different right and give them a reason to be there whether it's i don't know if you have to make ticket prices fall just so you can fill your stadium then do it right and it's not like it what's the you know i don't know if there's going to be a difference if you you know if you lower the prices pack the stadium compared to you know keep the prices expensive and your stadium's half full i would certainly think that you would you know it would 
bringing in more money if you would lower the ticket prices, right? That it just yeah. makes sense. And so you're right. If there's pe- if there's not people sitting in talking about it, then it sucks. It sucks for Oregon State, and it's unfair to the fans, and you know, frankly, to everybody who follows around Oregon State because we're not, you know, nobody wants to spend money like you said if it's going to be the same. And I hit on it. I said when I went to University of Washington game my last season on a bye week, we, you know, one of my friends he played. Uh, for University of Washington, and it was just the fact that I went to—I've been to four different UW games, and not one has been the same. The fan experience, yeah. the tailgating, everything about that is absolutely unreal. And I said, granted, it's probably because they win games, but even then, right? If if UW doesn't win or it's a close game or they don't play good, it's still exciting to see because it's like. Even before the first kickoff start, I was having a blast. I was like, "What on earth is going on? Like, yep. These like this is fun. Like this is what I want." And so that's what I think Oregon State has to keep in mind. But it sounds like you're a basketball guy, and I like that. So I always have to ask, "What are your thoughts on Wayne Tinkle? Do you think this is a guy that can help Oregon State take that next step? Do you think the season was kind of an underachieving one? Granted, all the talent we had and how down the Pac-12 was." Not even down. Pac-12 sucked. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> they were, you know, we were just bad. So, give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I. So, of course, I'm super depressed that that Oregon's in the Sweet 16, and, right? And uh, you know, for them to go on that run and then and then win a couple games, um, I'm just I'm 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 literally depressed. Um, look, at, as far as Wayne Tinkle, I I think he's. Well, let me let me break it down this way. So we had Craig Robinson, we had Jay John, we had Richie McKay, you know, we had all these guys, and they all, to some degree, had little spurts where it's like, okay, we're turning the corner, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to do this. You know, we had when we had guys like Sakarakis and and Nick Dewitt transferring in, and just all this different Richie, all the different talent, Dino Tanner. We had these blips where where we had. Uh, promising outings, even seasons where it's like, okay, we're building on this, but no one has been able to sustain it. No one's been able to take us from the seller to the middle of the Pac-12 consistently. And Wayne Tinkle hasn't been able to yet either. But the thing that I think Wayne Tinkle has uh, going for him is he's been able to recruit, I'd say, overall more talent mm-hmm. than at least in my opinion, than, than any of the previous regimes. And, and yeah, look, it started with his kid, you know? Yeah. And Hey, that's a boost. And, and, and you can look at it and say, well, that's his kid, you know, duh. Right. But I don't care. You know what? He got his kid. Trace is a really good player. He's, he was a, you know, top three candidate probably for, for league MVP this year. And hopefully he comes back for, for another year, but look, it, it started there, but who cares? They've they've got other four star talent coming in. This Jared Lucas kid, who I know you've talked about on the pod before. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I, I watch his highlights. I mean, he looks dang good. Obviously, we'll see how it all translates. But I think that's what Wayne has going for him is his ability to recruit a little bit higher end talent than at least consistently than we've seen. The one thing that that bothers me probably about what's happening is um, maybe an inability to keep some of that talent. I mean, gosh, if you look at, just think back to how good, so basically to me, summing up the Oregon state season this year 
was this. We didn't have a point guard. Yeah. Right. So for me, if you look back at Derek Bruce and how he played in that tur- NCAA tournament game um, with GP2, like, and then he transfers out, like you look at him, if, if he's a junior this year, or maybe it would have been a senior, I forget, but like if you have a, an experienced lethal point guard, I mean, that, that makes us probably the best team in the Pac-12 this year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like you said, Pac-12 down a little bit, but I mean, goodness, that's been one of the struggles, I think, with Wayne Tinkle is his ability to keep some of these guys from wanting to transfer out. And I don't know the, the ins and outs. I'd certainly like to, but um, look overall with Wayne, I, I, I think he's bringing in talent, and I think that's where it all starts. I think there's, some, there's definitely some coaching improvements that I'm sure you'd like to see as well as I, but yeah, um, I, I think he's bringing in consistent talent, and I think that's where it starts. I mean, what are your thoughts? Uh, I just think, you know, it's it's interesting to me because I feel like we've been in this situation before in a way, right? And everyone can tell me I'm wrong if they think so. I know football and basketball are completely different. But, for example, yeah. in my eyes, it's like a Mike Riley thing, right? Like, you'll have some seasons where he has spurts, and you're like, wow, like, this team is good. Like, we're taking that next step, like you said. But then – it seems like we take a step back. We can't capitalize on on big thing, you know, big games, big opportunities that we need to. You know, for example, this right here is this season. Pac-12 was not good. We have experience. We have talent. We couldn't take that next step. It was the same thing with Coach Riley. He had experience. He had talent in my first season at Oregon State. He had plenty of it, yep. and they didn't take that next step. Granted, we went to the Hawaii Bowl, but it's yep. we I. We as a team, we as a program expected a lot more. And it's just things like that. We have to take that next step. But I think we are so quick to jump on, you know, oh, you know, why aren't we winning the Pac-12 this year? All right, let's boot them out. Find the next guy. But you don't realize, you know, some of these places that end up being really good, it's the fact that you give them time and you give them opportunity. It's it's not every year is going to be easy and not every year is going to be great. You're going to have bad years. That's just how sports is. And until people realize that, I think we're too, you know, we're too quick to jump on the. All right, well, he didn't do it. Next guy, you know, next guy. Let's go. Come on, right? We give him three yes. to four years. If he's not what we want, then let's boot him out. Which it just takes time, in my opinion. It really does. And you're resetting every time yeah, you do that, right? Yeah, and you can't keep resetting, or you'll end up like the football program, and we don't want that, right? We how many times have Agreed. we reset? We just keep resetting, 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 and the more you reset, the the harder it is to get recruits. From there, you have to build back a foundation. And then from there, you have to you know train your kids well because you're going to under recruit. Just in general, that's just how it goes. And so, yeah. granted, if it's like you know if we're on year ten and we've seen the same thing, then yeah, boot them out. Like you know that's without a doubt. But I think they win the games that they need to at home. Or you know, granted, they didn't against the Arizona schools, but you're right. They're spurts, but we need to continue to see. You know, okay, here's that next step. I think if Trace comes back, you can maybe take that next step. You lose Stevie Thompson, but you get a guy like Jared Lucas, a true point guard, right, who can score extremely well and, you know, frankly, pretty easily. So it's just I think we need to give it time. A lot of time it's just chemistry, right? Some guys do well with others. Sometimes they don't. You never know. Maybe once Trace leaves, the team is better. Trace is a great individual player. We know that. He's probably a great teammate. But you just never know. That's just how sports are, right? And so – that's why I'm saying we can't boot them out. Like, 
there's no point in just resetting, resetting, resetting because it's not going to make Oregon State fans happy regardless because you're going to reset. Then you're probably going to not do very well. So, yeah, well, exactly. And, and if you look at the – I mean, look, tr- who took us to the NCAA tournament for the first time in 26, 27 years? Yeah, you can say it was GP2, but guess what? It was Wayne Tinkle, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no one, no other coach in the last 25, 26 years, whatever it was, had done that. And this year, frankly – we're we're on the verge of making the NCAA tournament, if not for some just a, just tough close losses down the stretch on the uh, on the road and at home, mm-hmm. you know. And and so look, he's done I think a lot more for the program than than I think a lot of Beaver fans think. And I'm 100 percent with you. I'd rather have a guy who's there for 10, 12 years, you know, eight, seven, eight, nine years to where there's some consistency in the program and there's some chemistry being built and not just hit the reset button. Because again, every time you hit the reset button, you're almost guaranteeing yourself another two to three years of rebuilding. Oh, well, we got to get this player's guys, Mm -hmm. you know? So gosh, well, we've got a roster of 12, 13 guys. We're just going to have to wait till they're, uh, eligibility expires because guess what? We, we got to get this new coach's guys, his, his type of player in. And yeah, we've, like you said, we've seen it with the football program. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do have to reset. Obviously yeah. Kerry Henderson walks away. Look, yep. Reset, no choice, but gosh, it, I'd rather have stability there in both football and basketball because that's the only thing we've seen at Oregon state, at least in my lifetime, where we've seen consistent winning is when Mike Riley was our head coach. And yeah, there were ups and downs and, and probably at the end, yeah, it was probably time for him to go. Mm-hmm. But the one thing we've seen, Oh, actually baseball is the other example of that. And that's completely different because, yeah. well, Hey, it's baseball, but that's the, that's, that's the one example we could look to and say, okay, you know, Pat Casey, um, you know, he, he, he's the staple there. Right. And, yeah. and obviously a great coach, but did he win the NCAA title every year? No. And did, did he win the PAC 12 title every year? No, but you run with the horses you have, I think, unless you absolutely have to make a move. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just my final thought on, on this topic is just, you know, <laughs> I always, you know, I always go back to football is, and you're right. Maybe it was time for Mike Riley to move on, right? Maybe it was that time we weren't, you know, maybe it was right before a decline, whatever it is, right? People like to yeah, argue yeah. this, but, you know, his last season was my second season. And, you know, I, sure. I really liked Coach Riley personally. So I'm going to be biased, but I can guarantee you f- a five-win season back, you know, now Oregon State fans would absolutely love it. I think, I think that place would be yeah. packed. Five wins? Are you kidding yeah. me? People would lose their minds right now. But it was yes. the fact that we held Coach Riley to the standard that five wins, that's all we got? All right, we got to boot him out. But now it's like, shoot, I'd almost give up growing hair on top of my head, man, for five wins for Oregon State. And I think I have nice <laughs> hair, right? And I would do that. <laughs> I would do that in a heartbeat. I would just love to do that because it's just – Five wins for this program right now would skyrocket, I think, everything. So that's you know, that's my take on it. Um Spencer, dang man, you almost I think you just outshined me on my old podcast. That's uh that that would literally be impossible. But <laughs> but but I honestly though, I love love the damn podcast. I haven't 
missed a single episode back to the Sprague days and uh, love what Angie does. Love the effort you guys put in because it's not always glamorous. I'm, I'd, I'd probably wager to say that it's oftentimes not, not glamorous, but just know that uh, you got listeners out there that really appreciate the work and, um, you know, fans just in general appreciating the effort that, that the kids put in, the players put in, because um, it's, look, we, we just want a winner, you know, mm-hmm. almost as much as those players do, us fans want a winner. And I'm talking football, basketball, whatever it is. Um, but, uh, no, appreciate uh, this opportunity. Of course, my man. Spencer, we're going to have to have you on again. That was absolutely phenomenal. I love that. I love every time we can bring you guys on. I think it's really fun. I think it's really cool just so you guys can kind of give us your thoughts because, like I always say every time we bring a guest on, it's nice to hear a refreshing voice because this podcast was only me. So, you know, Angie, you know, Angie's out on vacation, so it's just me. So these people probably won't even listen to the whole thing. Because they're like, oh my goodness, Marcus, come on! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, hey, we're 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 sticking to the end every time, us listeners, we are. Hey, we, you know, I appreciate that, and Angie and I appreciate that a lot. Spencer, thank you so much, my man. We'll have you on soon. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Good luck. That's all we have for you guys on this episode of the Damn Podcast. I know we didn't do damn questions. Uh, I put it up kind of late. Posted it up kind of late. weren't a lot of questions. Um, so we're just save your questions for next week. I apologize if you want to hear your question answered this week, but we'll answer it next Monday. Again, I want to thank everybody. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Dan Podcast with your host Marcus Greaves and Angie Machado. Be sure to tune in later this week. Uh, it sounds like on Thursday we're going to start. That's when we'll start releasing our Dan Recruiting Podcast with uh, myself and Adam Nicholson, Beaver Blitz recruiting analysts but thank you guys so much for listening we'll be back next week on monday